Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Episode 357, Frugality. It's giving big impact energy. Welcome to the Frugal Friends Podcast, where you'll learn to save money, money, embrace simplicity, and live a richer life. Here are your hosts, Jen and Jill. Welcome to your special Black Friday edition of the Frugal Friends Podcast. My name is Jen. My name is Jill. And today we are talking about nothing related to Black Friday, (laughs) nothing related to sales, nothing that you should be taking advantage of. Uh, We are doing, just Jill and I, an episode about the impact of frugality beyond saving money, beyond controlling your spending, beyond all of that. And we would love for you to listen to this as you make your way out to the stores. There will be no shaming happening uh, if you are shopping today. We just want you to listen to this before you make your purchases uh, so you can take this frugal energy with you. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So in that way, it is Black Friday adjacent. Mm-hmm. We can be empowered yes. to make the best decisions. Yes. And have the best mindset when you're making your decisions, because that's what we want to do when we are learning to values-based spend is to be confident in our spending decisions. And this feels like an integral piece to that, that we don't cover a lot. And I am so fired up to do it. Mm, mm. I might listen to this episode on my way to shop. Who knows? (laughs) I don't know. I don't typically listen to myself speak, but this could be the day. Anyways, the episode is brought to you by another one of my favorite things. Mariah Carey's hit single, All I Want for Christmas is You. There are three types of people in the world. This is an overgeneralization, but bear with me. Those who start listening to Mariah Carey's hit single, All I Want for Christmas is You, on November 1st. Uh, Those who start today, the day after Thanksgiving, and those who don't listen to it because Christmas makes them anxious, and I'm sorry for you. I love to ask who hurt you, and we can talk about it, and we can talk this through. We can unpack it. These people cannot relate with each other, but we have something that will bring everyone together, $1,000. And we want to give one lucky frugal friend $1,000 to make the holidays a little easier. So head to frugalfriendspodcast.com slash pamper, uh, just like the diaper or like pampering yourself. uh, So you can enter the giveaway 
And I hope it makes you a little less anxious about Christmas so that we can all listen to Mariah Carey's hit single, All I Want for Christmas is You, together. You're you're bringing big impact energy to all of this. <laughs> you're you're embodying <laughs> this episode title right now. This is me embodying big energy. So <laughs> yes. if you if you maybe are looking for an episode that is uh adjacent to this one, but where my energy isn't so big and I'm not doing so many hand motions. Uh, in the background that you cannot see. Uh, Episode 298, no-cost ways to be more eco-friendly. Episode 266, sustainable minimalism with Stephanie Safirian uh, from the Sustainable Minimalist podcast. And this episode is not explicitly actually about like being eco-friendly or anything. This goes far, far, far beyond that. But we do so few episodes that are the why behind frugality Uh, Those are kind of the most appropriate ones to mention at the top. This is, our our show is very much the how of frugality, and this episode is very much the why of it. And if you've been listening to us for at least a couple of months, you know that we've been doing a few of these kind of special episodes where we're not looking at articles on the internet and giving you our curated hot take. Instead, this episode is our thoughts on frugality and the big impact energy that we can bring to it, what what big impact energy it can bring to us, just that mutuality that's present. But as and as we get started, let's talk about what even is big impact energy? Like, what are we talking about here? And yes, it is a little bit of a spin on Ariana Grande's coined term that I won't talk about here. But if you know, you know. (laughs) And so for us, when it comes to frugality and understanding big impact energy, it's recognizing what's at stake if you don't take control of your spending. And I think what we're talking about here, Jen, you did mention the why of frugality or the why of saving, the why of spending, the why of debt freedom. And all all of those perspectives are super helpful. Asking Asking ourselves that question is really important. And while we can't always keep it in mind constantly. We can't always have the why right in front of us. Sometimes big picture doesn't entirely help us in our day-to-day. That doesn't mean that we can throw it all out and never look at it. I think sometimes recognizing this macro level, big picture, what are we talking about here? Why is this so important beyond just my tiny spending decisions day-to-day but but bigger than that, my my entire life, my adulthood, what am I aimed at here? How can I be a part of the collective in a beneficial way in my local community and larger than that? So it's really giving ourselves an opportunity, I, I would venture to say, at least once a year of looking at what's at stake here, it, it, meaning if I don't do this thing, if I don't take control of my spending, saving, personal finances, what could that mean for me? And I think this intersects really well with the the big four, our pillars of frugality, of 
our time, mental and emotional capacities, physical space, natural resources. What's at stake if I don't choose to steward this well? Yeah. And really with big impact energy, it's it's rejecting, it's this mindset that is rejecting frugality as a means to an end and viewing frugality not just as a means to, to get what you want in life because we view it as when you are practicing values-based spending and you are being a good steward of all of your resources, it allows you to afford what money can't buy, right? So we need money to get all of these things. We want time with our loved ones, a physical space that is conducive to having people, hosting people, feeling uh, secure, safe, at ease, uh, our, our mental and emotional, like not being stressed. You need money, obviously, to have all of these, but money cannot buy these things explicitly. So frugality helps us put into perspective what we are really trying to achieve so that we can afford more of that. But it's more than that. Frugality is a solution to so many problems we face on a micro and macro level that it goes beyond just what frugality can do for me. And it's what frugality can do for the world. So we're going to cover three things that we think frugality can, can give you on a on a macro and micro level. We're going to we're not going to go in order. We're just going to go I think maybe in order of uh, descending ascending importance. I don't know. We're going to go up to to what we think is most important, but uh we'll start with just our physical space, physical beings. Um and that's that frugality fights over consumption. And overconsumption has a direct effect on physical spaces and human beings outside of our our immediate community. Mm -hmm. And recognizing this particular piece of overconsumption intersects with the environment and looking at the effect that our consumerism, specifically overconsumption of consumable goods, has on the environment, workers, people in our community locally and abroad. This statistic is a little bit staggering, specifically looking at that around the time of the holidays. So Americans, those of us in the United States, throw away 25% more trash than usual, which we should also be looking up what the usual is. That's pretty high compared to the rest of the world. Between Thanksgiving and New Year's, about a million extra tons of garbage each week, according to the National Environmental Education Foundation. This is wild to me. 25% extra just in the span of a month is being thrown away, which is showing that consumption is up. We're bringing in more, purchasing more, throwing away more, getting rid of more, making room for more, and then rinsing and repeating and doing it all over again. And so recognizing the impact that this level of consumption that is already high, sometimes throughout the year, increases to an even higher degree 
affects the the world around us, the the air quality, the the people working these jobs, the 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 environment locally and abroad, there's impact here on the environment that some of this we have control and influence over on a micro level, which absolutely is going to impact the macro level as well. Yeah. And you might not immediately think of all of the trash you are creating by purchasing. It doesn't it doesn't necessarily it doesn't directly translate, right? If I'm buying all these new things, I'm hosting parties it doesn't directly translate to trash, right? But come spring, when you are decluttering, think about all the things you're getting rid of because you acquired new things over Black Friday. So you may not see that 25% in your own life, or this, or the study may just be focusing on like the food and the direct waste. So this number may be even higher. Uh, I didn't, I didn't actually look into that fact, but it does trickle out over the next three to four months as you take in new things. Your space is finite. Your physical space is finite. And you will get rid of more things in order to compensate. And you pay for that. You pay to get rid of that. So you pay your city or, or county or whatever, you pay for their landfills whether they're in your county or not. You pay for that. You pay for your garbage pickup. Uh, you you pay for these things indirectly. And we don't always see them as a cost because they're so minor. But as a collective, if we collectively, everybody listening to this podcast, started to take into consideration these things and we just cut our consumable goods purchases by 20-25%. What could that do collectively? How much money could it save you if your if your county or city did not need to increase the land it it rents for landfills. It didn't need to increase, but it could stabilize. Like at this point we're not idealists that think we can reduce <laughs> We're just looking at how we can stabilize because with inflation, we're seeing all these studies that people are cutting back on, you know, on the things that they're buying. Yet, all I'm seeing all of these studies pop up for the holidays that people say they're going to spend more than they ever have in history, even before the pandemic, on individual holidays. And yes, some inflation is, is you know, to to deal with that, but. What if we just kept our spending the same and we bought less to compensate for inflation? So I know a lot of you listening are, are going to be in that camp. But collectively, if we, if we, and we'll talk about this later, but collectively, if we set the quote unquote example, but if we normalize, if we normalize this kind of, of practice, this kind of lifestyle and make it you know, make it look like we're not depriving ourselves, you know, we're not sitting on our high horses, like judging people, right? Then how many others could see could see that as permission to do that and and follow follow suit. And something Jill mentioned in all of this environment that it's we're not just looking at like land, right? We're not just looking at environmental factors, but we're also looking at the cost of people. Uh, a study in 2022 from UNICEF found that the majority of wealthy countries are creating 
unhealthy, dangerous, and noxious condition for children across the world, not just in our in our wealthy countries, but across the world. It, the study also found that if everyone were to consume resources at the rate at which people in Canada, Luxembourg, and the United States do, at least five Earths would be needed. That is how much we are consuming. Uh, and one of the uh, the director of UNICEF's Office of Research, Ganilla Olson, said, not only are the majority of rich countries failing to provide healthy environments for children within their borders, they are also contributing to the destruction of children's environments in other parts of the world. This means we are shipping out waste. We are creating these noxious gases with our, you know, I'm not I'm not an environmental engineer. I'm not sure how it all works. I will just be honest with that. But everybody's seen a picture of Goodwill shipping off like all their unwanted, unsellable stuff that we have dropped there, shipping it all off to other countries, right? We've all like heard and seen that. So it is not unthinkable <laughs> to think that there are things happening we cannot see, that the media is not covering. Uh, and that's us. We are doing that. The country, I mean, these these corporations are just responding to our consumerism. And so when we go into the into these seasons like the holiday season and we just have this mindset of wanting to be frugal to decrease the overall overconsumption in our country, if we collectively do that, we can make a bigger impact. Yeah, it certainly does help when we can take it outside of ourselves, that there's a reason to aim at frugality and good stewardship just for ourselves, but then to also see that when we do that, there is a positive correlation between that and and all these other aspects of how we're treating the environment, how we're treating people and workers around the world. And interesting that they chose in that last study you just referenced, Jen, children, that this is what is becoming of the air quality and environment for children around the world, which definitely does cause a little bit of a higher level of response than if you were to just say people. Like, right. I mean, it is obviously children, all people. Right. But, but UNICEF is all about kids. So sure, but it is but all think, people. What it is highlighting, sure, of course. But then with that, it's showing us that we are talking about the next generation. And so mm. even in that, we're identifying, yes, for us now and for us later. And so that's the kind of big impact energy we're talking here of what we can come to understand and the behaviors we're able to shift and model and aim at sustainability at least, then what does that produce for us, not just now, but then in the future as other generations pick up on, they will, good or bad habits, and we can be a part of what are the good habits I'm cultivating with the knowledge that I now have? What am I modeling to the children of the next generation so that this kind of energy goes forward into the future? AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? 
it's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com strategic. oracle.com strategic. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. So the next topic we want to cover is bring it, bring it back to number one. When you practice frugality as more than just a way to save money or control your spending, you are open yourself up to actually live your best life. And this is not just like a quippy, you know, saying, but you do. You allow yourself to actually, A, discover what your best life is personally, to allow your family around you to discover what their best life is and and have grace for them if it is not the same as yours and learn to incorporate, learn to cooperate and that that in it of itself makes your best life better right so when you view frugality as more than money then you give yourself the the space to really discover it what is those things that money can't buy like what those are for you mm, more than money love that there's another bumper sticker <laughs> Yeah, I I think when I previously would hear that term, live your best life or live in my, live in my life. Actually, that is in our sound live sound design. Life. There's this <laughs> certain image that comes to mind previously for me of luxury yacht living, jet setting, caviar, white Ferraris. And I think what we're saying is not just this quippy, your best life, and it's one thing, but the reality of it's more than money, and it's many, many, many multitudes of things that we can decide, each individual, not letting other people dictate our life. There's this study from Global Web Index, super interesting, found that 54% of social media users use social media to research products. And 71% are more likely to purchase products and services based on social media referrals, which is great if you're a person who's trying to sell a product. Social media is where Mm -hmm. you want to be. But as somebody who might just be going to social media for entertainment, for just some doom scrolling at night, this is this is quite can be quite a trap of 
consuming in a way that maybe you wouldn't otherwise. And almost worse, if I can say it this way, being sold a lifestyle that you may not even want. So even beyond purchasing products, I think what this can also lead to is designing a lifestyle based on what somebody else is telling you should be and not ever really realizing whether or not it's your version of a best life. Just that looks good for them, so I'm going to do that. And it's never even really a full thought. So Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, it just comes, I, maybe not everyone can relate to this, but like who hasn't dated someone because everybody around them was dating someone and they felt lonely being single and they went out with the first guy who asked them. Who hasn't done that? Is that just me? But like <laughs> nobody's nobody was influencing me to go out with this guy that I didn't I'm, that was really not worth my time, right? But it was this indirect influence, right? I didn't ask myself, what is it I really want in a person? Like, why is it that I'm single? Why is it that I'm waiting? Right? Like, I just wanted to be coupled. And so we make so many of so many of our decisions from indirect influencing, I would think even more than direct influencing on social media. We make so many important life decisions, important financial decisions based on indirect influence, just like hashtag the American dream. We have half half of the people listening to this show who do not have a house, who do not own, are saving for a home, right? And of that, how many people who own and how many are who are saving, like, ask themselves important questions about like, why? Why do I want to own a home? Why am I interested in the things that come along with owning a home? We are just influenced by, I got to own a home because it's. I've been told it's a good financial decision and yada, yada. Like we, we did that with real estate investing. If I'm going to be honest, like we bought a second home to renovate because we were, you know, it was like, oh, this is just the next step. Like once you get your retirement started, you start investing in real estate so you can diversify your investment portfolio. And and here we are in the dumpster fire of a house that, that we live in. So we all do it, right? Like maybe not to the extreme of buying a second house, you know, you're welcome. I will be your example. Uh, <laughs> of what not to do. Um, But yeah, we are all so indirectly influenced. Yeah. And I think when we don't take the time to, this is the, the what's at stake. When we don't take the time to investigate, be curious about our own spending habits, our saving habits, just our behaviors, the way that we interact with all of the resources available to us, outside of us and in internally, right? Our our physical capacities, mental capacities, emotional capacities. When we don't take inventory of those things and are curious about them and aligning them with our values, 
we lose out on living our best life. That's what's at stake in this category. If we let somebody else dictate that for us, if we allow ourselves to be mindlessly influenced and purchasing things just because it's what everybody else is purchasing, we can lose out on, miss out on what was it that maybe I would have truly wanted? What would have given me the most joy? What would have led to the least amount of depletion? Where where was the convergence of my values with what's available in front of me and my skill set and my desires and the things that I enjoy? If we don't look at those things, if we're not stewarding all of this well, we're 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 missing out on elements that can hardly even be described. We we probably in some ways wouldn't even know what we're missing out on, mm-hmm. but it would definitely be better than what's currently being sold to us. Yeah. And I'll say one last thing on the, like, you missing out on living your best life. I, I don't want to forget or to mention that you need money to live your best life. Like, Let's also just bring it back around and say, like, this is we are first and foremost, like, understand that, again, in order to have more of the things money can't buy, you need money. And I want to point out a study that was done. So a lot of you will know the study that says you you only need like that uh, the joy levels out when your income hits seventy five thousand dollars. Right. This year, 2023. That study was revisited by the researcher who who did it and another researcher who said, uh, actually, more money equals more happiness. <laughs> so so the two uh, yeah, researchers... Yeah, we have a retraction. Right? No, I mean, so the two researchers came together to kind of re- just revamp the original study, right? And they found that you can experience well-being... <laughs> You're up to well beyond $200,000 a year of income. So we, if you ever hear that $75,000 stat again, just stop listening to whoever's saying it is the first thing. Um, but the second is that we want to work on increasing our incomes throughout this, throughout this best life uh, because the more money we have, the more money we have to share with those around us. Mm. And I think that when we increase our income, not just for the sake of having more stuff, when we get out of this overconsumption mindset and we are content with what we have, but not complacent, we're still working to refine our skills and increase our income and influence then we can use the income that we build more responsibly than other people who might just use it to buy stuff, yeah. right? So like we have almost a social responsibility to earn more because we are more responsible with it, because we don't quote unquote need it. Um, so, so I just want to like add that to like living your best life doesn't just mean like defining your enough with your consumables, but also working to increase your income and what you bring in so that you can do better things with it. Yeah, to the level that's going to be sustainable for you too. It is possible to reach 
a plateau that we are content with, that is our enough and is well within our means and provides margin. But yeah, as you're saying, it's not just about cutting spending. It's also about what else could this mean for me? And that's where it does go beyond the money. Because once we've got this mindset in place and we recognize what's at stake, then what more money means is that it gets filtered through this big impact energy, not just more for the sake of more and consumption for the sake of consumption and following what everybody else is telling me to do. But now that I've got a good grasp on what I want, what my best life looks like in a way that aims at contentment and sustainability, then more money means uh, possibilities of generosity and longevity for yourself and finding opportunities to engage in the things that you really enjoy. So, so many other things that you can do with it that is beyond money. And the third category here that we see big impact energy really making just such a difference is in permission. And of course, this is for ourselves first, that as we are on this journey of frugality, we are similarly in a journey of finding permission for ourselves to dictate our own life, to control and bear influence on the things that we have the ability to do so with and not just going with the flow, consuming mindlessly, but finding permission to say no to this and maybe yes to that, even if it's different from what somebody else is doing. And then when we do that and we get a real good handle on it, we're giving permission to others to also choose differently. That's that ripple effect that we're describing. And also, research is showing that this is research from MIT, that social influence exhibits a ripple effect. We do see this. We we see it all the time. But it does decay across social distances from the source of whatever the influence is, but it still persists up to six degrees of separation. So this isn't just the you are who you surround yourself by. This is you sur- you are who you surround yourself by, who they surround themselves by, who they surround themselves by to the sixth degree. And so it, it really matters, certainly, the communities that we're in, not just the ways others are influencing us, because we can have control over who we're surrounding ourselves by, but who we are being in the midst of that community. Who are we to those around us? What types of influence, permissions, grace, flexibility, freedom are we modeling and encouraging others towards in this journey of frugality, of, again, being good stewards, of pushing back the status quo, of creating an environment for ourselves and for our community and abroad that is aimed at beneficial impact and well-being. Yeah, we have talked about how the people around you affect you so often because we're, I mean, we're speaking to you listening and we want to help you improve your life, right? And so now when we talk about our big impact energy, we want you to not just focus on you, but focus on how you are giving other people permission. And it doesn't even have to be explicit. Like 
all the indirect uh, influence that's being given to you, you are giving to other people. Mm. So, I mean, don't feel pressured by that. Don't feel like you have to walk on eggshells like everyone's watching what you're doing. But know that when you do something good, let's be open about it. Let's talk about it. Let's normalize it so that we can give permission to other people to live lives like we are. When we are being financial respons- financially responsible, when we are happy with our expenses, we are spending enough to where we have enough left over to save and invest, and we are still having fun, we are still full of life, we are not judgmental, we are accepting, we are gracious. When people see that, they're gonna be attracted to it. And you're gonna have this ripple effect to them and they're going to start living this life. And then that life is going to be like personified to other people you've never met and will never meet. And permission will then be given to them. So it's you have a huge impact energy that you don't realize. And we don't always pay attention to how we're how we're wielding it. Usually it's just happenstance, you know, like we're just living our lives, scrolling and working and all of this stuff. And the impact, the ripple effect that we give off is not one of intention. But when you realize this stuff and you, you know, throw an authentic, intentional face to the world, then you could have a crazy ripple effect. And I think of, I, I think explicitly of of the uh, debt-free community on Instagram, of people who have taken to social media to share their debt payoff journeys honestly, authentically, and people they will never meet are influenced by that to keep going and to keep improving their lives. So you don't have to start a social media account documenting, you know, your changes. I think the impact you make on the people in your real life is much more powerful than on social media, but it it can and, and does happen. And I was reading a, a, a study out of Notre Dame, in, and this was about teams in the workplace, but I kind of thought about teams in real life. Um, and it says the the greater motivation to benefit others, the higher the levels of cooperation and viability and the higher the subsequent team performance. So broken down, essentially that's saying when the team, when the team is focused on benefiting each other, like not just themselves, but working for the benefit of someone else, there are higher levels of cooperation and the team stays together. So there's lower turnover rate in the workplace. Uh, And so in your real life, that can be viewed as when we are viewing our actions, our frugality to benefit other people like those abroad, uh, those, you know, in our communities and especially those in front of us, we stick with it longer. That's that intrinsic motivation. When we're talking about external and internal motivation, you can give yourself as many dinners as you want for meeting a debt payoff goal, but eventually the novelty will wear off. You need internal motivation to stick with stuff like this. And this, when you believe this stuff, that's internal motivation to keep going. When you believe the choices you make positively affect other people, 
That's a game changer. That brings frugality out of a means to an end and makes it an integral part of your life and what you believe everyone in society's lives should be aiming for. Mm. There's your episode on all the questions (laughs) about impulse purchasing. We haven't really talked about how to take it bigger, but I think that that's going to be a real key and game changer, certainly for me. And I got to imagine for other people that if we can't find a reason enough inside of ourselves to not spend mindlessly, yeah, bringing it out to, but how does this benefit others, benefit my child who's watching me, benefit the 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 world around the environment how does this contribute to my best life and truly what's at stake and and i love flipping it on its head in that way regarding the environment our best life permissions to be found influence on ourselves and others that what's at stake here is not finding permission for ourselves, being trapped to a life somebody else dictates for me and not being able to positively influence and benefit and care for others because I'm not able to do it for myself. What's at stake is that I don't get to live my life. I'm living somebody else's life and who knows if that's the best option for me. What's at stake here is that I may be taking advantage of my resources, the environment around me, the people around me. Without putting thought to this, I could be taking advantage of people and what's been entrusted to me. And I could consume to a point that is really harmful to me and harmful to the community around me. So if we do nothing that's what's at stake, not even to mention our finances, <laughs> like what's at stake with just our money and financial literacy. But there's this whole other world of what's at stake. And my goodness, if that's not just the fire that I need to keep going, do one one thing of improvement in the way that I approach money and the mindset that I'm taking on and the people that I'm choosing to surround myself by and the person I'm choosing to be in those communities. Mm. Yes, that is, yes. And and to focus on the negative and the positive, right? So not just how your actions affect things negatively, but focusing also equally, if not more, on how your actions affect things positively. That's the real internal motivator. Mm negative stuff is like salt. We need it. We need to know what's at stake. Uh, But what's really going to internally motivate you is knowing that you are making a greater difference. And you know who else knows they're making a greater difference? Who is focusing on the positive? Everyone who is submitting. The The Bill Bill of the the Week. time for the best minute of your entire week. Maybe a baby was born and his name is William. Maybe you paid off your mortgage. Maybe your car died and you're happy to not have to pay that bill anymore. Duck bills, Buffalo bills, Bill Clinton. This is the bill of the week. Hi, Jen and Jill. This is Ashley from Los Angeles. Um, my bill of the week involves my three-year-old daughter. 
uh, who at the end of last year was sleeping with my husband and I and rolled out of our bed and split open her chin on our hardwood floor. And uh, by the time we realized that she had split open her chin, uh, she was fine and the cut had dried up. And so we sent her to school. And the school nurse was like, you idiot, this needs stitches. And I was like, okay. So I called the pediatrician and the pediatrician sent us to the ER. And I was like, not urgent care. And they're like, nope, the ER is by your face. You want to go to the ER. Okay. So four hours later, uh, four stitches later, and several months later, I end up with uh, a bill, $800. And I luckily, I remembered your episode about medical debt, and uh, I Googled the hospital and see if it was a public hospital, and it is. And I asked for a bill with CPP codes, which they gave me, and I applied for financial assistance and then sent them more documents that they said I didn't send them initially, which I did. Um, but anyway, now uh, I have a new bill for $80, which is a 90% discount. So I just wanted to say thank you and uh, let you know. Bye. Oh my gosh, Ashley. That's so- oh, that sounds identical to something I would do. Like my four-year-old. That I, you were saying that story, and I'm like, uh huh. I get it. I get it. If that if that three-year-old falls out of the bed at three o'clock in the morning and isn't crying, I'm not waking up. <laughs> And I will send them on to school if they are not crying and not even realize they need stitches. That is a hundred percent. Yep, that would be me. And I would and the school nurse would look at me weird. But man, 90 percent. Yeah, this is this is some big impact energy on that medical bill, Ashley. <laughs> I am celebrating right? with you. I cannot highlight enough how glad I am that you remembered the medical the medical debt episode. It is something yes. I reference a ton just personally to my friends who are talking about medical things that they have. So I'm referencing it now here in case any other listener hasn't heard that episode. Super, super helpful. Something to earmark and come back to because we're all going to be in this position, whether it's the school nurse telling us that we did something wrong or just ourselves. We we rolled out of bed and yes. now episode, we owe a ton of money. Episode 230, Negotiating Medical Debt with Dr. Virgie Bright Ellington. That is the episode. It's actually Negotiating Medical Bills, um, but it's... Mm. A little bit of debt. But yes, episode 230, definitely a foundational episode of our archives. Well done, Ashley, putting in the work of saving money and and ultimately caring for your child. If you want to submit your bill of the week, if it has to do with 90% savings, a previous Frugal Friends episode that was just super helpful to you, or just the way you are bringing big impact energy to the world around you. And again, if none of those things are true, but what is true about you is your name is Bill, visit frugalfriendspodcast.com slash bill to leave us your bill. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. 
With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at The Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to Bring out the most in our patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day Savings Event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in-store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. And now it's time for the lightning round. Yikes. Um, today's lightning round. Uh, why? Since we're on the topic of whys today, why are you so passionate about frugality? Why? This is you, Jen. You go first. Why do you? <laughs> are you sure? <laughs> yeah, I'm positive looking at this outline. <laughs> Uh, so people never ask me why I'm passionate about frugality. They always ask me as the co-host of a podcast about frugality, why they ask me, how do you come up with so many episode ideas? That's what they ask. They don't ask me like, why do you love frugality so much that you would host a podcast about it for six years? Never. Nobody's ever. Um, but this is why. This to answer the question nobody asked, but also to answer the question everyone asks, how can you just come up with so like 357 episode ideas? Um, because I am so passionate about this topic. So let me let me just read you a little quote. Um, this is from a 1928 book called Propaganda from Edward Bernays, uh, one of the pioneers of the public relations industry. Um, And he says, mass production is profitable only if its rhythm can be maintained. That is, if it can continue to sell its product in steady or increasing quantity. Today, supply must actively seek to create its corresponding demand and cannot afford to wait until the public asks for its product. It must maintain constant touch through advertising and propaganda to assure itself the continuous demand, which alone will make its costly plant profitable. Mm. That quote right there is why I am so passionate about frugality. For the last hundred years, advertising has been molding us into consumer. For me, frugality is not just about saving money. It replaces the American Western society deity of money and consumerism. And we are, to them, 
consumers first, people second. And I am passionate about shifting the narrative back to the right order to be people first and consumers second. And that is why I can come up with so many topics about frugality and talk about it two hours a week, every week for six more years, probably. Mm. And then we'll then then we'll sell the brand. It'll be it'll probably expire by then. But (laughs) but there is an amazing and we will link to this. um, There is an amazing uh, article from MIT Press called A Brief History of Consumer Culture. And it goes through the last hundred years, starting from 1928, uh, or even a little bit before, from this quote, through the last hundred years of marketers in alignment with this idea that they must create the demand and how we have been led via propaganda uh, to to be consumers first. So um, yeah, it's from MIT Press. It's called A Brief History of Consumer Culture. And uh, we'll link to it in the show notes. Mm, shifting the narrative, helping people to be able to look at what do they actually want, recognize what's been created and molded into us, socialized into us, and getting back to the roots of who we actually are as individuals, what we actually want. Oof. Wow. And I'm just over here riding the wave of Jen's big impact energy for six years. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're not riding. You're the moon cycle that dictates it. <laughs> yes. I got a strong <laughs> gravitational pull. You do. For For me, it's not I I don't have as many quotes as you, if any. (laughs) I think I truly, genuinely feel as though I've I've embraced, I'm I'm fully embedded into this concept of frugality that I think talking about frugality is talking about life because it intersects every part of life, like stewarding well, knowing ourselves, being the best possible friend and member of society, is just what I want for life. And it intersects frugality that there's never even a conversation just with friends around coffee that we're not talking about one of these topics. Food, clothing, transportation, housing, vacations, values, belief systems. It's It, it all intersects. And I think uh, people aren't necessarily asking me the same questions that they're asking Jen. But what they're commenting on is, you guys are just actually friends. It just feels like I'm listening to friends talk. And I think I am so passionate about frugality because it's it just is creating space to have some of these important conversations and to learn from one another and become even more resourceful and gain tips and tricks and be encouraged and find the right mindset and aim at contentment. I think this is life. This is living life. This is doing life. And frugality, I believe, pairs beautifully in great synchronicity with self-understanding, creativity, problem-solving, resourcefulness, gratitude, generosity, identifying and living within enough. And as we've already talked about, that has just so many great benefits to ourselves and the world around us that 
you're not going to get me to stop talking about it. Even after six years, boom, Jen, (laughs) sell the brand, but try and shut me up. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. Wouldn't even think to try. Wouldn't thank you. Wouldn't even attempt it. Yeah. Muzzles don't work on me. They don't they don't really fit. Don't ask us how we know. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We hope you you feel encouraged and just set on the right pathway for, for now and the future. Many of you know, but some of you don't know. So here we are to tell you that we have a newsletter, and it's called The Friend Letter because that's cute. And it goes out three times a week, which we think is just right. We send out freebies savings tips, life hacks, all of it around how to help you save money, spend better. We want to give a shout out to this one friend who replied back to our email, the friend letter. Oh, one one second. We just realized we have a poll in every friend letter, right? Where we poll you guys to see, you know, ask you questions, what direction we should take an episode, what kind of episodes and content you want more of. So if you want to have an influence on what you hear on the show, you have to subscribe to the friend letter, frugalfriendspodcast.com. But we just realized y- you guys can respond to these polls. Like you can comment on them. And we just realized that today. And so as I was looking through them, I found this response from Monica. And then Jill, I'll let you read it. This is so fun. Okay. <laughs> Monica says, I so, so, so enjoy listening to you guys. You give me a good dose of happiness. Mm, That's that influence piece. Also, (laughs) could you please share, and this is in all caps, who the guy is, who does the intro, and also the bill of the week. He, also in all caps, crack me up. Also, who's doing the drums on bill of the week? It's the, in all caps, best exclamation mark, exclamation mark, exclamation mark. And isn't this so fun for me to say to you, (laughs) Monica, I hope you're listening. All of it. The answer to all of it is my husband, Eric Sirianni. He is the best. He cracked me up. He the guy. He the guy. (laughs) He He cracked me up. He the guy. He the best. He playing the drums. He doing the voice. He wrote our entire uh, sound design, Mm -hmm. recorded it. Did all the music, did all the voices, all of it. And for 357 episodes, it all the sound design has been the same. Like from <laughs> we, day one, thought, it was yes. perfect. And it has never changed. You go back to episode one, it is the same song, the same bill of the week, the same everything. We thought that like, we would change it at some point, but I really just think he crushed it and it's who we are. And you either love it or you hate it. There's some people who think it's corny and we're like, that's the point. And he crushed yeah. corny and Monica gets it. And he and cracked, he cracked me us up. up. Too. <laughs> yeah. So thank you for sharing that, Monica. And we will be sharing more of your responses to our polls, uh, hopefully in upcoming episodes. And yeah, thank you to Eric Sirianni, who is the guy. Mm-hmm. Jill's husband. That's me. I'm Jill. <laughs> I, I, I may or may not crack you up, but either way, 
Head to frugalfriendspodcast.com slash friend letter. Get the goodies and the polls and the freebies and all of it to your inbox three times a week for free. Bye. Frugal Friends is produced by Eric Siriani. I nobody knows, but in real time, I was switching out the review to be this review <laughs> because literally it. just before we started the episode, I realized that these existed. And so when I saw Jill was reading the outro, I was like, hold up. And I just had to I had to put it in real quick before she saw what was happening so that she could read it. I enjoy it. Eric's going to enjoy that. Mm hmm. He is wow. the guy. And who will love hearing that he is the guy? Like, <laughs> yeah. and yeah, he, he will, will take that far. He will take that. The unsung hero of the Frugal Friends podcast. He is. He has always been a team. He has always been the third frugal friend. And we have just added on frugal friends, like mm -hmm. team members. Usually when we have a team meeting, he's there. Yeah. Um, frugal not friends exist because of Eric. This is so true. Yes, it would not exist if Eric hadn't semi-pressured us mm -hmm. into this. He was the podcasting matchmaker. Yes, he was the matchmaker, sound designer, editor uh, for the first, gosh, year or so. Mm -hmm. And then he found the editor, like he still takes care of the editing, just indirectly. Mm -hmm. So, I mean... He is an integral part of Frugal Friends. Yeah, I'm so glad that you saw that, Monica. He's going to be especially thrilled to hear that you noticed his drums. Yeah. His drumming. Wow. Yeah, he is. I mean, a professional drummer has <laughs> been paid for drumming. Not by us, but... <laughs> <laughs> Although no, we don't pay him for anything. <laughs> what do you think his most famous drumming song is? Does he get any residuals? Mm -mm. No. Yeah. This Unfortunately, is, he primarily played music loud. Loud? No. I mean, that's true. <laughs> live. He played Unfortunately, it live. he played too loud to get paid. He doesn't really have much, like, recording credits on albums. He more so, so played the music live. We could say that the Frugal Friends song is his most famous. That's so true. Most song. listened to. Absolutely. He just oh, will, uh, he'll never see he'll never see money from it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> he will never see monetary payment from it. <laughs> no sure. residuals over here. Nope. But a lot of gratitude. Yeah, a lot of exposure. Yes. We love exposing. A lot of exposure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. 
we haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my, look at that, he is! And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win! Unbelievable! When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.